What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hey guys, and welcome to another otherworldly episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane, as always, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. But before we get into this super interesting, conspiratorial, UFO-related, just all-around fun episode, uh, we got to do all of the front-of-house stuff first. So, that being said, if you haven't already, I would definitely appreciate it if you guys didn't mind dropping a review or rating. And uh, if you want to say something nice, when I get enough built up, I will definitely read them all out on the show and give you guys a shout out. Um, Even if you want to talk shit, man, if you give me five stars, you know, whatever, you say whatever you want. Maybe I'll even read it on the show if I uh, find it funny, but yeah, we'll go from there. Hopefully uh, nothing bad comes in, Um, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, also if you want to share with a friend, that's another way to definitely help the show grow. Um, If you know anybody that's into some weird topics or just open-minded concepts, you know, just drop the name of the show. Maybe it'd be something that they love. And, uh, you know, that's the only way it's going to grow is word of mouth. And, uh, you guys putting in the little bit of extra effort to do some reviews and ratings so that more people can see the show on the internet side of things. And, uh, that being said too, if, uh, you're not already checking me out on uh, social media, I'm all over social media. Mainly Instagram is the main thing I'm active on. Um, I'm also have, I also have a telegram set up for the show. So if you guys want to drop in, uh, have a conversation with the group or have a conversation with just me specifically, don't be shy. Just feel free to drop me a message on Instagram. Uh, you know, you can share your weird encounters with me and, you know, maybe you, I can have you on the show or if you want to share your encounter and I can read it on the show or read it on Bizarre Encounters, my other show that I do. Um, definitely something that I would definitely be interested in. Uh, if you just want to talk and have a conversation, I mean, if you guys take the time to 
sit there, type me out a message. I'm going to take the time to sit there and reply to you because I appreciate all you guys. And that's at least the minimum I can give back is having a good conversation with every one of you guys that wants to message me. So if you're not already, again, because I made a reference to it, uh, listening to Bizarre Encounters, um, if you're into this kind of stuff, um, specifically more so cryptids, paranormal, UFO, all that kind of shit, um, go check out Bizarre Encounters. Pretty cool. Um, also, Open Minds Media in general is the umbrella of everything that I do because I also do uh, Bite Size Bizarties, which is my little mini uh, weird phenomenon bizarty, I guess, type of show. Um, I also do Big Dumb Inquiries with Kyle Rainey, and that's kind of just like a fun radio talk clip conspiratorial all around just fun show just uh if you haven't already checked it out go check out all the other cool stuff that i do and uh, if you love the stuff that i do you could definitely become a subscriber to the patreon the patreon is a little bit different than most uh you get four shows instead of one and there may even be more shows being added in the future so more bang for your buck go and uh check out the patreon get a bunch of really cool stuff um i added some new tiers so there's the three dollar tier five dollar tier ten dollar tier and twenty dollar tier uh they all have different perks um, there's live access to all of the shows. There's early access to all of the shows. Um, there's a bunch of little extra stuff in there. There's some giveaways. There's some store discounts. Uh, there's some exclusive merch, uh, a lot of really cool stuff. So just go check it out. See if there's anything that you guys are interested in any support. I do appreciate. And if you want to support the show in a different way, you can always, uh, go and donate on Kofi or anchor, which is the RSS host. So if you just go down to the bottom, you'll see a little thing that says uh, support the show on Anchor, and that's the way that you can do it. Um, I also have Venmo, Cash App, PayPal set up. Um, with those, you know, you can donate whatever, buy me some kombucha for the show, um, help me get some upgrades for the show, maybe get this to a point where I can do this full time because, you know, everybody wants to do something they love. I love doing this. I want to be able to spend more time putting together some awesome shows, doing some awesome interviews for you guys. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I can invest all of my normal work time into the show. And the only way I'll get to that point is with you guys. So any support you guys want to do, always appreciate it. And uh, if you want to get yourself some awesome merch to support the show, um, all stuff that I've pretty much made myself, but there may be some more cool stuff coming in the future. Uh, there's the Open Minds Media merch store. There you'll find merch for all four of my shows. So again, just like the Patreon, all in one place. Just makes it easier for me. That's why I created Open Minds Media. It's kind of just my umbrella for everything that I do. Um, even got some logos for that on there. Um, I don't know. I put a lot of time into the logo. I think it's really cool. I don't know if you guys will be into it, but it's available. So, you know, go check it out. And, uh, while you're in the process of checking out merch, definitely, definitely, definitely go and check out my boy Joe's crypto theology merch. Uh, that's all cryptid related merchandise, um, going from parodies of bands and movies and shows to specific series that go right down to the city. So, you know, if you're from, you know, any specific city, he might even have a specific cryptid shirt for your state or city. So go check it out. He has a lot of really cool stuff. I'm always wearing his stuff. Um, I post it frequently on social media. So if you guys want to go and kind of get an idea of what he's doing from that, and if you're following me on social media, you may already even have an idea. So yeah. And with that too, we also do collab. So in the future, there will be hopefully some exclusive merch for Inquiries of Our Reality. Um, done through crypto theology but as of right now we have bizarre combat which is released which was the uh promo cool awesome collab design that we did for bizarre encounters my other show like i was saying with ghost um there's an open minds media tab on there so in the future that will be where you will go to find all of the cool collab crypto theology open minds media merch but you know if you enjoy bizarre encounters definitely go check that shirt out it's a uh, 
basically a Mortal Kombat, the the very first game's menu design with Ghost and I as Scorpion and Kano. And all of the other playable characters are all cryptids. So at least go check out the design. It's, it's pretty awesome design. I, I dig it. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you'll definitely appreciate it because it's exactly the first game's menu, but done in our flair. So pretty fucking sweet stuff. Joe, he does a lot of hard work over there. So yeah, I... I He's really cool. Really does some really good stuff. That's 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 all I can say. Like I'm always amazed at all the awesome designs this dude creates. And he's not a sponsor of the show. He's uh, a friend of the show. We both team up because we both like what each other do. Uh, we don't make money off of each other like that. So everything that I'm saying is strictly because it's something that I want to say and because I want to promote Joe because I like what he does. So with that said, if you want to check out anything that I've referenced, I try to make it quick and easy. I put it all under one link tree link. So the one for this show specifically is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. And if you want to check out the umbrella of everything that I do, you can check out the Open Minds Media link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. And with that, welcome to the show, Oren Felix. How's it going today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to it. Of course, man. I heard you on uh, Crypt of the Corn. I had to have you on because the conversation was so interesting. I I wanted to join in, you know? <laughs> yeah, the Cryptids of the Corn guys are great. Uh, I actually met them at a kind of Bigfoot cryptid festival, and we hit it off, and one thing led to another, and here I am with you tonight. <laughs> you know what's funny is I just saw that on Instagram today, and I was like, oh, wait, was he at one of the conventions that I was at with them? Because I, I got to see them at two different conventions, too, and that's kind of how we all met each other and stuff, too. And it just happened was, to be the one in the middle that I didn't go to, so I was like, damn. Yeah, it was uh, Salem, Virginia, <laughs> where I met them. Yeah, I was going to go to that one, but way too far for me. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, like only a couple hours for me, so I had to hit that one up. And uh, it was one of the better ones I've been to for a first-time conference. I think they knocked it out of the park. So if you uh, get the opportunity to go to it next year, i definitely recommend it. Oh, I'm definitely planning on it. Trust me. <laughs> and, I mean, they had some pretty good speakers, too. Uh, Lyle Blackburn was kind of the big name there. So, I mean, I think, like I said, they did a great job for a first-time festival, convention, whatever you want to call it. So. I think it was Cryptid Headquarters that threw it on too, so shout out to Cryptid yeah. Headquarters for uh, throwing that event. <laughs> and I'm looking yeah, forward to going to it next year because just the whole setup of it, like commercially looking at it, like the flyers, everything, like it looks super duper cool. So Yeah, um, all their you know marketing and whatnot was great, and um, the Cryptid HQ guy is great too. He's a super nice guy. So Oh yeah, definitely. So I guess uh, before we get into the heavy bulk of the episode, because I know that you did mention that there was a encounter that I don't get to talk to too many people that have possibly had these encounters of. Uh, why don't you give the listeners kind of like a brief idea? Actually, it doesn't even have to be brief. If you want, you can completely reiterate about exactly like who you are, what you do, where you're from. Okay. Uh, so my name is Oren Felix. I'm from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, always kind of been w- into aliens and cryptids and weird stuff. Um, but a few years ago, I had what I'd call a recovered memory about an encounter I'm going to share in a few minutes. And that kind of, you know, set me down the path of really researching and looking into things hardcore. And, you know, when I first started really, you know, reading and researching seriously, it was just kind of for my own benefit because, you know, it made me feel better. And, uh, you know, the more I got reading and researching and listening to stuff, you know, I started to see connections between all this different stuff, between aliens and, you know, cryptid sightings and, you know, orbs and the paranormal and things like that. And so 
I just started a Word document just with notes for, you know, like I said, my own benefit, just so in my head I could keep all this stuff straight. And at some point, I was like, man, I've got 10,000 words worth of just notes here. I need to start organizing this and getting it in some kind of, you know, framework uh, and make a book out of it. So that's why I called it the the Framework UFO Research Center, just for a snappy name. And um, <laughs> It sounds good, though, honestly. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I've just started that. And uh, me and my partner, we've kind of been trying to go to conventions and whatnot, just trying to meet people and network and just share our stories and hear other people's stories. And, you know, so far it's been a blast. We've only been, I'd say doing this seriously for about a year now, but, um, you know, I can't believe one, how much fun I've been having doing all this stuff and the awesome people I've got to meet. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really just makes you feel not so weird talking to people about this stuff. And, um, I think, it doesn't take very much digging below the surface to uh, realize that there's a whole lot of strange stuff going on. And uh, the more questions you ask, the better off you are. So. Honestly, yeah. You don't know anything until you realize that you know nothing. Well, and even when you think you know something, you still don't. But it's fun <laughs> to ask the questions. So. Yeah, some other little side piece of news will come in. But um, So, like, when it comes to the framework, like, what's your, uh, what's your like, end goal intention? Um, is it mainly just to get information out? Are you trying to, like, write a book? Are you trying to start, like, a podcast, some kind of video thing? Like, what's, what's like, your end goal intention of what you're trying to work towards? So, like I said, you know, when I first kind of started all this, it started off as just a Word document with, like, just Word vomit, you know, just my <laughs> random thoughts and notes and whatnot. And then I've, you know, slowly kind of been organizing that uh, into – a book and I'm kind of working on that now, like actually writing it down and connecting everything. And, um, you know, that's kind of a long process <laughs> writing a book. So I thought, you know, in the meantime, like I said, getting out to conventions and, uh, and whatnot and meeting people. And in the meantime, I'm also probably going to try to start a podcast at some point, just haven't had really the time to devote to that yet, but, so uh, uh, long story short, to answer your question, kind of all of the above, you know, <laughs> at some point, hopefully a book, at some point, hopefully a podcast. But uh, like I said, in the meantime, just trying to meet people and get my name out there and uh, network and share stories and hear other people's stories. So It's kind of funny. You got like the reverse going of me where it's like I started off coming into it podcasting. And now because of a bunch of shows I've written, I kind of want to eventually take all the different encounter stories that I put together and eventually put those into a book. So it's like kind of funny, kind of the opposite. Like you're building towards adding a podcast to your roster, starting right, off the book. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite on that one. But, uh, well, it's just a shame that it takes so long and it's so hard to write books. Cause I mean, I feel like I've got all the motivation. It's just like actually sitting down and, you know, having the time to bang it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And putting it together in like a proper order. That's the other difficult part too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, the easiest, at least for what I'm thinking, would be like put it in by like alien, cryptid, and then just alphabetical order from there. But either way, just still just putting the information together when you have all this scattered information, it's all valid, awesome information. <laughs> and that's kind of uh, kind of the idea of my book is I've got a section on aliens, the UFO phenomenon. I've got a section on cryptids and then just kind of like general uh, high strangeness type stuff. And then, you know, ch slowly try to weave it all together as I go through the book. So that's kind of the, the outline as of now. So, so I guess Hopefully. kind of getting into your book a little bit, um, I'd love to hear about what you kind of got going for each kind of section. Is it like theories, um, put together? Is it like encounter stories put together? And if it is theories, I'd like, I'd love to hear you get into the theories a little bit. 
so I haven't received that many actual encounter stories from people yet. Um, you know, like I said, I hadn't been, you know, doing this publicly very long at this point, only about a year, but as I'm sure, you know, it doesn't take very long, uh, at work and stuff to like become the weird guy, you know, and the guy that people come to with stories and like, Hey, I've got this weird cave behind my house and like this weird stuff started happening. And, um, kind of one of the strange stories, uh, encounter stories that I did get, uh, I was home visiting my sister, um, probably been about six months ago. It was over the summer. And we were at a bar, restaurant, whatever, where her boyfriend works and just hanging out. And this guy was sitting next to me at the bar and, you know, just started chit-chatting like you do. And basically out of the blue, he just goes, so I had a near-death experience. I was like, really? Tell me more about that. And so he, like, proceeds to tell this crazy story about uh, meeting these beings of light. And they told him that they were from the seventh dimension and... He, uh, we live on the third dimension and just all this crazy stuff about like, you know, how he was raised Catholic and he couldn't fit this into his view of the world. And, it, you know, this guy was like sitting there crying, telling me this story. And at that point, I was like, man, I've got to do something with this, you know, uh, something like that just came out of the blue. Just such a crazy encounter. I'm like That's got to mean something. You know, I'm not trying to sound, you know, like weird about anything, but I was like. I've got to do more with this at that point. So that was kind of a cool encounter I did have. So I mean, I kind of feel like everything happens for a reason. So if you kind of have mm -hmm. that uh, personality type where you're like an easy person to talk to, you might as well, I don't want to say take advantage of it, but take advantage of it and, you yeah. know, kind of help people at least get their stories out. Because sometimes people just need to tell somebody. Other times they're looking for answers. And if you collect like a little database of stories for people, then at least you can be like, hey, this guy's story is similar to this guy's story is similar. And then you can kind of share the stories with the other person and then eventually maybe even connect those two. And then maybe they can kind of figure out more of what's going on because both of them might have different pieces of the same puzzle. And in turn, you get to sit in the middle and then you get to collect more pieces of the puzzle too. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's beneficial to everybody involved in all fairness. Absolutely. And this guy even said, he was like, you're only the third person I've ever told this story to, but... He said, I can tell you believe me. I said, I absolutely believe you. So, you know, I sat there probably like for an hour talking to this guy and, you know, it seemed like it helped him out and Hey, it helped me out too. So like you said, worked out good for everybody. So. Like I said, dude, it's like, it's hard to find people to be able to have these types of conversations with. Like once you get involved in this community, it's like super simple to find somebody that wants to talk about aliens. But in the normal average world, it's a difficult thing to do. Cause it's kind of like you have to like scope people where you like, put down a little piece of information to kind of see what they say about it before you really get into the bulk of things. Like you'll just look for an opportunity and conversation to be like, Oh yeah, it was the aliens. Ha 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 ha. And then you kind of like see how they pick up and react right. with it. And then you're like, all right, maybe I could talk to this guy about this. But like, even within like the community, for example, you know, like one person's into aliens or into cryptids or not into paranormal or whatever. So it's like, you still kind of have to pick specific people to talk to even within the community or somebody's really into woo woo and like spiritual stuff. And some people are very into the scientific mind of shit. So it's like, kind of have to it's it's nice being involved in the community because you have different facets to be able to throw different theories ideas stories at you just got to direct them in the right way and at least you know if people are sharing their stories with people that are part of the community they can kind of you know turn become part of the community and then they can open themselves up to be able to have all these different people again that they can share their experiences with and not feel so crazy that's that feel like the main component for anybody is just to have somebody sit there and listen listen to them with an open mind 
Absolutely. And that's kind of like one of my big things in all this is I think we get too caught up in language with a lot of this stuff. Like one person's ghost is another person's alien or demon or whatnot. And I think, like I said, what framework you view the paranormal and high strangeness through really dictates how you're going to perceive these things. And I think, you know, we need to realize that all this stuff is connected and yeah, we may call things different things, but we're all talking about the same thing to a large degree. And I think the more communication there would be, like you said, between the alien people and the Bigfoot people, and even something as simple as the Bigfoot is a big ape people and the Bigfoot is a, you know, otherworldly entity people. It's like everybody gets so caught up on their thing that they neglect to see how interconnected I feel all this stuff is. I mean, just kind of starting to get out there with it. Um, I often entertain the idea. I'm not saying for sure, but like I've said many times, I just like to entertain all different ideas and different mindsets on things. But I often wonder if everything is the same thing for two different reasons. Either one, everything is some type of like mimic type creature where it's like Mm -hmm. it appears to be 300 different things, but realistically it's just like maybe another race of beings and they just can, can, you know, contort or look different or whatever. So they're all just the same shit and they just appear different to different people. And then the other option that I've always thought about is that if we are in some type of like organic simulation, just like how you go into a video game, you can pick your character, pick your skin, you know, the people on the outside of the simulation who are possibly running the simulation or the things running the simulation could theoretically, they could, you know, they could just be things that look just like us, like exactly like us. And when they come into the simulation, they can throw on their DLC suit, you know, and right. they're running around like an alien or they're running around like a Bigfoot, you know, and maybe they're just doing it for fun. Maybe there's like a reverse on it that we're some type of simulation that somehow became sentient and now yeah. they're just like, you know, I don't want to say playing Grand Theft Auto, but just <laughs> fucking hopping in here and just doing some random shit just for the sake of doing some random shit. <laughs> like, exactly. who wouldn't want to just run around the woods as a Bigfoot for a couple hours? <laughs> just to see how it feels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, no, I mean, when I started down this path, I was very, you know, well, Aliens was kind of my gateway into all of this. And I was very flesh and blood, nuts and bolts. These are, you know, flesh and blood entities coming down in nuts and bolts spacecraft and all of this has a quote-unquote logical explanation and this is just misunderstood technology and i still believe there's a nuts and bolts flesh and blood aspect to the ufo phenomenon but i feel like the deeper you get the more strangeness you start to encounter and it becomes harder to justify everything with just that one answer and i don't think there is one answer to all this and you know i I use the term answer loosely because personally i don't think we're ever going to find conclusive answers to a lot of this stuff i don't know if we're supposed to but i think the journey is what's important and asking the questions and keeping an open mind and i think when you set out like i've got to find a big foot in the wood like you're setting yourself up for failure at that point and So that's why I try to encourage people, you know, just ask questions, look at things differently. You know, all this stuff that we've been kind of programmed to believe and think our entire lives, look at it differently. Like, what could these things actually mean? And so that's kind of, again, why I called it the framework. I want people to build their own framework, not just accept what's always been told to us about 
anything and especially the paranormal. I mean, it's it's one of those things too that everything needs to start off somewhere. Like mm-hmm. the first man that was like, "Oh, I'm stuck to the planet." Think about how many hundreds of years, thousands, whatever. Because I mean, civilizations could be way older than we think they are. Um, mm-hmm. Until we we're finally like, "All right, like this is the reason why gravity exists." Like I feel like when it comes to this whole like alien phenomenon, um, we're kind of in the like beginning of it. We're at the phase where. Even like, uh, look at medieval times with medicine. They're like, all right, in order to get somebody healthy, you got to let blood out. Let the bad blood out. Like, we're in that phase. We're just trying anything radical just to see what happens and what works. And then once we're able to throw those ideas out and kind of dwindle it down to the things that make the most sense, you know, this may take hundreds of years. Maybe we'll finally get to that point where we have like a solid answer. But again, before we can get to that point, you have to have all the trial and error theories and ideas first. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, as... A race we've only been here for you know the blink of an eye when we really get down to it so i mean whatever we're dealing with is far older than we are has been here far longer than we have and we're just kind of coming in on their coattails trying to figure out what's going on so no i totally agree with everything you just said i mean it's even two things off of that either one there were advanced civilizations that had full interaction with some type of extraterrestrial beings or advanced races, and they were fully aware of them, knew everything that was going on. Or option two is that most of these uh, groups that came into different areas in the world, they all said that all of their old megaliths and all these things had been there, and they just kind of came up and just reused them and recycled them. So, I mean, even off of that one, maybe all these advanced races existed here at one point and they all left and then we kind of are just walking up on their stuff. So it's like, we know that they're around, but again, we've never actually like interacted with them firsthand other than finding the remnants of things that they've left. Because even like advanced technology in the past, um, Mm -hmm. there's no definite answer of like, oh, these aliens came down and gave them this technology. Like they could have just been wandering around, found some shit in a cave and went, Oh, this works really good for this. And then boom, alien technology. And then we're using alien technology now and don't even realize it because it's been around for so long. Like who fucking knows? (laughs) Exactly. And you know, I feel like people are too quick to dismiss, you know, ancient cultures, ancient people like, Oh, well they were just telling stories. And I was like, no, I mean, if these people took all the time and effort and energy to, carve these stories into rocks i mean why would they tell glorified bedtime stories at this point i think those people were telling stories that they thought were important things they had actually seen and witnessed and experienced in the best language they have and yeah calling them dragons or gods or whatever that's not nearly as important as entertaining the fact that something legitimately strange actually happened to these people and they actually witnessed it Mm -hmm. going back into like the whole ancient civilization concept too. Um, I don't know. There's just too much shit that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And we've tried to logically make sense out of it. And if you really break down the key components of it, it still doesn't make any sense. So no matter what way you look at it, as far as I'm concerned, there was either some type of alien intervention or there was a lot more advanced people than we ever thought there was. And there was cataclysms and that's what causes it where civilization had to restart. But if you're expanding back into the whole alien idea and the whole theoretical idea of aliens possibly being part of what created us or made us what we are now, you know, maybe there are some failed projects and they're just like, fuck it, nuke them, restart it, fuck it, nuke them, restart it. And, you know, that gets back to ideas about, you know, like Sodom and Gomorrah and things like that. And, you know, kind of another thing that I really like to look at and all this kind of stuff is looking at these old 
uh, you know, biblical accounts or old legends and whatnot and being like, okay, what could this actually mean in real world terms? And a lot of these stories, if you change one or two words, man, that becomes an alien story. You know, look at Jonah and the whale. If you change the word whale to the word craft, that's an alien abduction story. You know, if you look at the Immaculate Conception, if you change the word angel to entity or alien or whatever, that becomes an alien abduction story as well. So, I mean, that's something that I'm fascinated by is the whole language aspect and all this. And I think we, like I said, we get too tied up in what we call things and we don't put enough stock in what these things actually mean. And I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by, you know, keeping these things so much in a box that we refuse to see how all this is connected and what it could really mean. I mean, people just like to categorize things. That's what it all kind of comes down to that no matter what, like people have to put a name or a title or something on mm -hmm. things. Cause that's just, I guess how we kind of how we understand things as humans. Um, this may sound super ancient aliens, but I've always kind of entertained the idea that angels could have theoretically been one alien race and, you know, demons, whatever you want to call them, like the underworld so kind of concept could have been another type of alien being. And I mean, if you want to put names on that, again, like we were talking about with people have to put names and titles on shit, you could even entertain the idea that like the Anunnaki were the angels because they kind of semi yeah. fit the description with the wings. Um, not the biblical description of an angel, but like the drawing idea of an angel mm -hmm. fits the Anunnaki idea. And when it comes to the Garden of Eden, where the serpent gave them the forbidden fruit, which it doesn't even necessarily say it's an apple. So I try not to say, oh, the apple. Yeah. But uh, it was a serpent being. And what it was giving them supposedly was like knowledge. So theoretically mm -hmm. speaking, the Anunnaki could have created us kind of been like, all right, this is the world. And this other race was like, all right, no, there, there's a lot more going on than you people understand. And they try to give them like the apple, you know, which, yeah, or yeah. the forbidden fruit. And then uh, I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, the whole serpent thing that could also get down to like reptilians and, you know, the Nordic more humanoid type aliens. And so, yeah, exactly. Just change a couple words, look at something slightly different and it takes on a whole new meaning. So, mm -hmm. I'm with you a hundred percent. I mean, even going into with like that whole fucking idea too, um, when it comes to like them giving us like the knowledge of like the broader world, it almost reminds me of, uh, the the cave you know do you know that old uh that old story where like the people were like in the cave and the one oh, man yeah, left yeah. the cave and was like yeah, this like is the that, world on the outside experiment yeah about the shadows and whatnot mm -hmm. yeah that one yeah yeah say so it could literally be that and you know we have this whole negative idea of like reptilians um that could have been a whole idea of like stockholm syndrome that we mm -hmm. associated with our captors which are the ones that create us which were like the angels so to speak or anunnaki if you want to again put an alien title on it and we like demonized the other ones that are trying to give us the knowledge, like you're the bad guys. So maybe eventually they were like, fuck it. These people want to be controlled. We're just going to control them. And then that's yeah. what it got into this present idea of what we have as reptilians that they're like this evil race was that they're like, no, we tried to help you guys and you guys just want to do your own shit. So you know what? Fuck it. If we're not going to be able to help you, we're just going to control you <laughs> and you're going to do yeah. what the fuck we want. Cause clearly that's what you guys were programmed to do is follow something else. Like a bunch of lemmings. Exactly. And you know, that kind of gets back to, ancient uh like creation myths and whatnot which across the world across different cultures are remarkably consistent again if you just factor in language and time and whatnot and you know what's one of the prevailing factors in all this we were made in the image of the gods 
whatever that is. So, no, I think you're absolutely correct. This whole Anunnaki, whatever, I think we probably look a lot like them because that's what all these stories tell us. And it's very possible that, like you said, these reptilians were just either trying to help us or, you know, were the the rivals of the other faction. You know, it doesn't have to be gods and demons and all that. There could be a much more logical explanation for a lot of this stuff, I think. Even looking at it, too, from like a super rational point that you would essentially anything that created you, you'd look at as a god. So if we create AI, it's going to look at us as a god. And I don't know, just a weird theory I've kind of entertained is like, how far back does that go? Like, if we create AI and that's our version of life that we create, the Anunnaki create us, that's version of their life they create. Could there have been something that created the Anunnaki and then something above them? And then the ones, like, you always think that the one above you is a god, but realistically, they're no different than you. It's just that they're the ones that created you. And then, like, how far does that chain possibly go back? Exactly. And, you know, we're still doing stuff like that today. I don't know if uh, you are familiar with, like, the stories about um, cargo cults and whatnot, where, like, you know, people will fly supplies and food and whatnot to these um, uh, these tribes in the Amazon and whatnot that have, like, never had contact with outside human beings. And, you know, they perceive these people as gods. You know, um, these people uh, from you know, whatever charitable organizations that are doing this work will, you know, leave. And then they come back and these tribes are like wearing coconuts over their ears to simulate like uh, headphones and whatnot. So like we're, we can see this unfolding exactly what you're saying in real time now. So why would we think that we haven't been doing this for thousands of years? Like any technology that far exceeds what we've got, we're going to look at as magic or from the gods or something probably less rational than it might be. Just even looking at it from that aspect, that there's something that's already existing on the planet that's able to manipulate something else into thinking that they're gods. That just, (laughs) it's like a weird theory to think about because you could theoretically go to these tribes, and I've joked about it in another show, and say you had the the drones that do like the LED light shows. You could totally make like the face of a god in front of all of these primitive people and you could literally get them to do whatever the fuck you want. They'll just be staring exactly. up at that shit like Bruh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I mean it's kind of a crude joke, but it's kinda of like in Return of the Jedi when the Ewoks think C three PO is mm-hmm. a god like that's really kind of what happens in these situations. So I mean you just even looking at it from that aspect that there could have already there could be a race that was existing on this planet completely and was nothing extraterrestrial at all. And they just could have went to primitive groups of people and been perceived as gods. And then it kind of just, then you could build off of that too and wonder if like extraterrestrials are possibly like aquaforian, something living under the ocean, or if there's something that's hiding out in Antarctica that this whole concept of extraterrestrials that we've had or something that's never even been anything that's ever left the planet. You know, they're just more advanced than us, but maybe their technology isn't as advanced as we think it is, but it's like 100 years, 200 years ahead of ours, you know? Like, well, I mean, look how much we've progressed just in you or I's lifetime. I mean, if we take that back 100 years, if we went back to the 1920s with, you know, electric cars and supercomputers in our pockets, we'd look like time travelers, you know, or I mean, we would be. But you know what I'm saying? We'd look like we were just from another dimension. 
And so... Just even that perception, though, that if you go back to the 1920s, they'd assume time traveler. But if you went back to, like, the 1800s, they might assume witch. So just even yeah. that just shows that perception of people can change through time, even though it's the same exact thing. And again, going through ancient civilizations, they all have these different ideas, but they have a same basic premise that it's all, again, completely perspective of where you are and your background is at that specific time that you see this weird thing that doesn't make sense. And you try to yeah. rationalize it with things that you know. And you're going to, again, fit it into whatever framework you have. And like I said, you know, one person's alien is another person's angel. And so, again, like I said, like keeping open minds about all this and what could this really mean? I think that's like such a big concept that if, I mean, everybody, but especially in the paranormal community, if we all just got behind helping each other out and supporting each other and keeping an open mind about how all these things intersect, we'd all be better off. Dude, I mean, even going into like cryptids and stuff off of that, like you have just for example, like the Chernobyl uh, blackbird, and then you have the Mothman, which if you break it down, it's the same thing, two different names because that's what people perceived it as. And then you have like the hyena men or whatever in Africa, you have the dog men, and then you have like werewolves exactly. in Europe. And it's like, if you break it down, it's all the same We're shit. We're talking about the same thing here. Exactly. What we choose to call these things aren't nearly as important as acknowledging that there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even something that I've been kind of thinking about lately too, building into again, the cryptid shit, um, like werewolves. We have this idea that like werewolves are something that as a human transitions into a wolf, right? And then with the dogman thing, everybody has this idea that it's more of like a, I don't want to say related to Sasquatch, but more of like something along that lines that it's just like yeah. a solid creature that can't transform like whatever. And maybe even the same with, uh, you know, in Africa with a hyena man. But I, it's just an idea that I've wondered that it's could be theoretically the same thing as the European version where it is a human that transitions because you go into like American lore and then you have things like skinwalkers and then you have mm -hmm. just that you have the native American like dogmen warriors. And there's like a whole legend about them that they spent time with dogs in the woods, all this kind of shit. And they had this ability to transform into dogs. So like the dogmen that we are perceiving could be shapeshifting humans and same thing. I'm sure they have their own version of, I don't want to say black magic, but some form of like magic where people can do things like that. So like, I don't know, just two perspectives on the same thing that they could all theoretically be more of like a werewolf archetype or they could all be more of like a straight physical, like this is how they are created archetype or this is how they were, have always been kind of archetype. No, I think it's very likely that, like you said, skinwalkers, werewolves, wolfman, we're all talking about the same thing here and kind of an idea I've kicked around a little bit as far as like the werewolf dogman connection is, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago, if somebody saw one of these creatures and said, oh my God, it stood up and ran like a man, you know, through the years and through, you know, playing telephone, basically, that turns into, these things can turn into a man. You know, it again, it just seems like we're all talking about the same thing and we got to account for language and we got to account for time, but what's the common denominator in all these stories? I mean, even going back farther with that one, too, um, going back into partially some of the alien shit, uh, they could theoretically be other things created for different jobs. Like, I've entertained this idea on different shows that humans could have been the ones that were intended to figure out puzzles, and then dogmens were supposed to be the ones that were intended for guarding somewhere. Then you had Sasquatch beings that were intended for being, like, the heavy lifters. And maybe instead of looking at it as, like, they're 
look like they have human DNA. Maybe we need to start looking at it at a broader perspective that we all contain the, some form of the same DNA that isn't human DNA necessarily, but we take on that characteristic of it where it's not human-like. It's actually something beyond us-like, you know? And that kind of gets back to, like, Zachariah Sitchin, 12th Planet-type concepts where, you know, supposedly the Anunnaki created humans to mine gold or whatever, and, you know, piggybacking off of that idea you just shared, that would make a lot of sense. So humans were supposed to be, you know, the slaves, the grunt labor, whatever, and these other cryptids, creatures, what have you, were there to serve another purpose, you know, and that gets back to, like, Native American legends about Sasquatch being, you know, our big brothers and protectors of the forest and whatnot. So maybe that's that's their role in all this. I had uh, somebody on Bizarre Encounters. I didn't. I don't know if I've referenced it in this show, but if I have referenced it, I apologize in advance to everybody. Um, but he was digging into Native American lore with Sasquatch, and he was talking to multiple tribes. Like I don't remember the exact tribe, but there was basically a legend that you go into the woods. And you go into like certain areas and you would see a water baby and it would show up as like a salamander or I think there was something else that it could show up as. Um, And after that, you would hear rustling around off in the woods because the water baby would approve, basically say that you're okay for like a Sasquatch to come. And you hear rustling off in the woods and then you're supposed to sing this song in Native American tongue that was supposed to lure him in. And then once you did that and you have them lured in, you sing another song that's supposed to be asking them basically for like knowledge. And then you do this thing where you like touch fingertips with them and they give you knowledge of like, oh, this is going to flood out this year. There's going to be fires over here. So you're not going to be able to get food from this area. And they'd give them like knowledge of like Mm -hmm. what's going on in the woods. And uh, this guy said that pretty much he had this experience, heard the rustling out in the woods, but this was why he was asking the chiefs about it in the first place is because he had this weird experience. And then he figured out later on that, like if you would have known the lore ahead of time, like he theoretically could have possibly had that experience, but he uh-huh. saw the salamander and then he heard the rustling off in the woods and pretty much like freaked, not freaked out, but you know, it was kind of had the normal Sasquatch encounter from there where he was freaked out, wanted to be in his tent, wasn't trying to deal with any of that. But um, I don't know, just, just an interesting story about, them connecting with people, giving them knowledge and being almost like a big brother, kind of like what you said. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into stuff like that, Native American lore, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's kind of precautionary stories for things. Um, There's a lot of like factual things in there. And that kind of entertains more of like a spiritual side to them um, where I don't know if it's necessarily something interdimensional, but I don't know, maybe it's, it's like a, like another sense that we're not aware of that they can almost like sense what's coming in the future. Or if you want to get into some like quantum crazy shit, maybe they are some interdimensional portal hoppers and they can see the future. So they are able to bestow this knowledge on the Native Americans of, you know, you're not gonna be able to do this this time of year. So you need to do this instead. But I don't know, just kind of a weird, interesting thing. <laughs> no, I totally, uh, I think there's at least a lot of interesting things to think about with the whole interdimensional portal theory. And again, I'm not a scientist, don't claim to be not a physicist don't understand the nuts and bolts of any of this, but you know, there could be another plane realm, whatever that's, you know, basically on the other side of the curtain from us. And if a pinprick in this curtain happens, maybe these things can come into our dimension, our world, our realm, whatever you want to call it for you know, just brief moments in time. And I think that could explain a whole lot of 
the questions that people have about Bigfoot and other cryptids is, oh, well, why hadn't a body ever been found? Or, or what do they eat? You'd have to have a massive food source for these things. Well, not if they're only here for a brief moment. You know, if they're kind of just phasing in and out, that kind of answers a lot of these questions and doubts that people have about them. But again, that gets very theoretical and kind of woo-woo pie-in-the-sky stuff. But I think it's at least interesting and fun to think about. I mean, just an idea that I've kind of entertained too, um, kind of giving them that interdimensional idea, but also kind of keeping the fact that, I don't want to say that they're like primitive, but they're not some type of like advanced race. Um, you hear about like time slips and you hear about like time slips, like correcting themselves when something happens to them. So, you know, there could be time slips where like Sasquatch have walked through it and they're now permanently stuck in this reality. Or there's the other end of the spectrum that they walk through it and the time corrected itself, the timeline, whatever you want to call it. And that would explain like why there's three steps and then it disappears is because right. it went back into its reality and its reality was intending to fix itself because it walked in between like a veil or in between like a thinning spot. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just something I've kind of found interesting, but they could be completely unaware of the fact that they even passed through. And then you get into the whole like Mothman shit that I've heard mm -hmm. uh, Joel from uh, Kill the Mockingbirds joke that they could be like the raccoons of this other dimension. And yeah, maybe they're not aware either. They just kind of accidentally slide through it. And then they disappear because time corrects itself or the timeline corrects itself or they phase out because maybe their reality ceases to exist after a certain point. If there's infinite possibilities, you know, there could be infinite Bigfoot realities too and maybe certain ones dissipate and then anything that's attached to that just dissipates in the process. No, I think there's at least a lot of fun stuff to think about and unpack with all those kind of ideas and, you know, kind of just a theory that I've been workshopping is you know, if we look at, um, you know, Bob Lazar element 115 type stuff, you know, the super dense element that bends time and space, you know, is it possible that, you know, if we choose to put stock or believe this story that he's telling, um, you know, maybe the alien extraterrestrial whatnot propulsion system is creating some type of tear or rip that these things are coming in through from somewhere else. And yeah, they are quite possibly just the raccoons or the animals from this other place. You know, getting back to Mothman stuff, he's not some harbinger of doom. He's some raccoon that was stuck here, you know? And maybe he was here because, you know, the Woodrow Derenberger encounter, the aliens happened before. You know, maybe... Mothman was because of the aliens, not the aliens were here because of Mothman. I mean, even connecting into another paranormal idea that you just made me think of, uh, you know how, just another way of looking at the paranormal, the whole idea that if something is traumatic enough, it resonates through time, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe when that happens, it creates a thinning of the veil, and it may not be at exactly like right when it happens, you know? So maybe if there's like a traumatic event that's about to happen, there's already a thinning of the veil because maybe time is already like aware of it. And that's when these exactly. things pop through. And maybe that's when people see Mothman is because there's already going to be a traumatic event that happens. So the veil has been thinned. And it's not that, again, he's showing that something's going to happen. It's just that reality is contorted in that spot. And maybe it's connected into the whole paranormal concept that when paranormal things happen in spots, maybe it thins the veil for other things to possibly pass through at around the same time. And that could be why UFOs, cryptids, paranormal things, they all seem to have some kind of ties because they're all coming from, say, like, our reality is right here. One's right here, one's right here, and one's right here. But when something happens in this one that's in the center that's ours, then all of them kind of bleed into the same spot. Exactly. I mean, we pretty much at this point know that time is much 
weirder a concept than we're led to believe. It's not this linear A, B, C, D process that we've all been taught. And so exactly like you're saying, if, you know, time is this very abstract, funky concept that we still don't quite understand, I think that lends a lot of credibility to the idea that you just shared with, you know, there could be some sort of knowledge of these things happening before they happen, not necessarily like reading the future or anything like that, just, you know, these things probably perceive time and operate on a different time scale than we do. And I think, you know, there is certain places on earth, probably in the universe, other dimensions, whatnot, where the veil is just naturally thinner and there's these energies or, you know, places that these things can slide in and out more easily. And I also entertain the idea that places might not necessarily be haunted in the idea that we typically think of, but if you pour enough negative energy into these places where there might already be this thinning of the veil, I think that's only going to exacerbate these issues and it might be easier for, you know, shadow people, malicious entities, whatnot to slip through. So I know that's kind of a controversial idea, but I'm not sure if I put a lot of stock in the traditional notion of ghosts and hauntings. I think we might be talking about something weirder than, you know, the spirit of somebody who died there. That's kind of where I'm at is that I always, I, I'm, I'm completely fascinated with the paranormal, but I kind of more go into the uh, possible like quantum side of it, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, but going into just, I, this kind of connects all of it, I guess. But if we're, we're like, we look at life, like it's something organic, like, like it's carbon based. Cause like we're carbon based beings. So, there could be a whole method of conscious things that exist that aren't based off the same things as us. So we can't comprehend how they exist because, and it could be the same for them, theoretically speaking the other way mm -hmm. too. Um, but like there's some type of energy that creates consciousness. So that energy is created within an organic being and then you get something like us. But if you have say that energy, but it's not attached to a solid mass or being then that could be where you get something that's more of like paranormal, but it could be like the same. It could be completely a conscious thing, but it's just made up mm -hmm. of a totally different type of matter. So it's inconceivable vice versa. And I mean, like Definitely. going into like the ghost shit, they could be just as freaked out of us as we are of them because they don't understand how our form of life exists. And yeah, I mean, I mean, even I mean, aliens, they could be all fucking around us everywhere. And we just don't know it because we don't again, perceive that type of, living matter, you know, because just because we exactly. only have one method of thinking when it comes to it. I mean, something as simple as dogs can hear sounds we can't hear. We know we can only see a very small portion of the light spectrum. So like you said, these things could be all around us. We can't see them or they choose to show themselves to us in certain times or certain conditions. And again, it could be something a little more rational than we're sometimes looking at these things through. So kind of like a weird idea that I'm going to throw at you just because I'm probably going to butcher it. I got really deep into it on another show, but uh basic premise of it is that what if everything is all happening at once and it's just has to do with matching up frequency and mm -hmm. like a light spectrum, because you hear like references that in like in, 
I don't know, it could be a complete conspiracy, but people didn't see blue because they didn't reference to like blue during like biblical times. So like theoretically, if you always existed within a certain light spectrum, it'd be kind of like that thing where like your house has a certain smell, but you don't smell it because you always exist in it. So mm-hmm. it just smells like nothing to you. So if you're always existing within a certain light spectrum, then you wouldn't perceive that light spectrum. You would only perceive like how you're perceiving your vision now. So everything could be happening all at once. And maybe the theoretical idea to time travel is f- matching up a frequency with a light spectrum. And that's why like you hear certain stories of people where they'll like uh, have visions and they'll see different times. And then you'll hear the opposite where people will like have something weird going out they're hearing. And they'll hear like voices that aren't supposed to be there, like schizophrenia almost. But maybe that's just because they're adapting and possibly finding a way to match up their frequency, but they haven't gotten to the point with the light spectrum. And maybe these advanced races have had this opportunity that they can see and hear in any light spectrum. So essentially they can transcend time back and forth and we just haven't advanced to that point yet. And maybe that's what like the whole big enlightening thing is, is just figuring out how to see light spectrums and match up frequencies so that we Mm -hmm. can theoretically like bounce through any position within time space i don't know just fucking out there but something that was just weird i got really into it on an episode and i was just like hmm that's something to definitely think about no exactly and you know i think kind of like we were talking about earlier i think a lot of this type of stuff has to do with energies and magnetism and you know all that kind of stuff and like we were saying with the cryptids and the portals and whatnot maybe these things only happen when like you said the certain set of circumstances are perfect for these things to happen. And that could explain again, why we haven't seen or discovered a body of a Loch Ness monster or what does the Bigfoot eat? Things like that. So no, I think that's really interesting to think about. And I think again, could explain a lot of these questions that people have about the paranormal and they just disregard because, Oh, well, how can this, well, if you open up your mind and entertain other concepts it becomes a lot easier to at least entertain the idea of these things happening i think i mean I, there's always like logical explanations for certain things too and uh, i don't know if i've referenced it on the show but i know it's come came up in conversation a few times about like bigfoot bodies for example and uh not to like deter from all the crazy deep theories that we we're talking about but just something i want to address um justin was talking about on crypt of the corn i've heard a few other podcasts talk about it but just in general, like when an animal passes away, you can even look at it with like your home pets. Um, they don't typically just lay out in the open and die. Like they'll seclude themselves, they'll hide somewhere, they'll bury themselves back, and then they'll die there. And the reason is one, they don't want to be pulled apart by other possible predators while they're dying. And two, they again just want to get away so that they can have their misery and like die in peace. So if there's giant Bigfoot creatures, there's not that many areas they could theoretically hide, but if they go deep enough into a cave and you know that, again, if it's a dying animal, they're going to cram themselves into some weird-ass fucking spots. Like, theoretically, they could all be hidden within caves, and those could be some of, like, the giant skeletons that people have found theoretically in the past, and it could be something completely at the fucking Smithsonian still hiding now that nobody would even fucking know about because as soon as they hit wind about a giant skeleton in a cave, fucking Smithsonian's on top of that shit. Um, (laughs) but I don't know, just, uh, 
yeah, they get they. And then the other idea is that if they're more intelligent than we give them credit for, um, like we bury our dead, we do something with our dead. They can theoretically do the same thing. And even if there's something more primitive, and you know, say they need some type of uh high protein source, they could theoretically even eat their dead. I mean, who fucking knows? Yeah, and you know, if we entertain the idea that these Bigfoot creatures are just you know some big undiscovered ape running around in the woods. There's obviously not that many of them. And how often do people talk about running across like a bear carcass? And we know bears are real, you know? So just even if you look at it, just pure flesh and blood, nuts and bolts, I don't think we'd expect to find any of this physical evidence that people use as their trump card for why these things can't exist. Plus, I mean, even speaking from an animal's perspective, that's a huge ass chunk of meat to just leave Mm -hmm. untouched. Anything that comes by in that area is going to be on top of that shit eating it. And within a couple of days, I guarantee it'll be completely unrecognizable because of all the animals that went to town on that giant piece of meat that was sitting there. And, you know, the Bigfoot hotspot, the Pacific Northwest, it's cold, it's rainy, it's damp up there all the time. A body's not going to last in those conditions. And, I mean, they could even uh, theoretically have some type of, like, like we've... As people have existed, we put a lot of extra shit into our bodies. We eat a lot of things that are unnatural. Like, we could be doing something to our disintegrating process that we don't even realize, where maybe, like, if a Bigfoot dies in the woods, it could completely disintegrate within, like, a week besides its, like, skeletal remains, possibly. But just as humans, because of all the different crap we put in our bodies through the years, like, we may not degrade the same. And even going into, like, the body in the woods, like, why would an animal eat a Bigfoot body but not a human body? Um, maybe like as soon as we start rotting, like we give off like this chemical smell or shit doesn't want to eat it. Where if you had something that's been eating organic food its whole life, mm-hmm. eating fucking vegetables, like whatever it can find, it's going to be a way better cut of meat. So like, of course the animals are going to eat that over the human that's smells like it, but has been sweating out chemicals for years. Well, I mean, just something as simple as we literally eat food that's chocked full of preservatives you know that's preserving us (laughs) yeah that's their point and so yeah i've never thought about that but no that's really interesting and uh i guess before we get too far into it too um because i feel like it'll open up a giant door of a bunch of different other things that i definitely want to get into and i don't want to just throw it in at the tail end uh you gave a little bit of snippets to your possible men in black encounter Mm -hmm. and uh, i'd love to get into that so that we can dive into different theories off of that one too absolutely so, um, just a bit of background before I get into the story. Um, a couple years ago, uh, I was watching an episode of Ancient Aliens, funny enough, and it was an episode about the men in black. And they were just talking about, um, you know, just typical men in black encounters. And something in that show just triggered me. And I was like, oh my God, that happened to me. And I got thinking about this story I'm about to share. And um, not long after that happened, uh, my father died suddenly. And so me and my mom had to go basically on a road trip to pick up my sister. And when we were coming back, you know, we had this traumatic experience. We're all, you know, talking and crying and whatnot. And at some point during the trip, I was like, hey, guys, I think I remember this thing happening I need to know if you all remember this or I'm making this up or whatever. And so I laid out the story I'm about to tell. And my mom was like, yeah, that totally happened. 
Uh, so basically the story is, um, like I said, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina across the Creek from a very large military institution. Uh, the, uh, base is called Camp Lejeune. It was opened in 1941, which, you know, all the craziness that was going on <laughs> in the forties. So it was the land for the base was seized for eminent domain. Uh, and funny enough, uh, there's this huge class action, toxic water lawsuit going on with this base currently. So, you know, just normal run of the mill craziness going on involving this place. So, I was homeschooled and um, it was one day, you know, spring, summer, I don't remember exactly when, but it was warm outside. And so it was just me and my mom and my sister at home. My dad was at work and, I, you know, I remember we were sitting in the living room doing school and this white van pulls up in our yard. And in my recollection, I remember it being just like a standard white Chevy Astro van. And two guys get out of this van and they had, you know, black pants, black tie. Uh, they had, from my memory, short sleeve white dress shirts. But, you know, this is North Carolina in the summer. It's hot. It's humid. They didn't have coats on, but they did have the black sunglasses. And I remember them just getting out of the van and like walking around our yard, just like making a lap, like walking down by the water that, you know, the base was across from. And while all this is going on, my mom said, take your sister, go hide in my bedroom closet. If I don't come get y'all in a little while, you know, run down the road to your aunt's house, call the police, whatever. So I take my sister, we go in the bedroom closet. I don't know how long it was. Doesn't seem in my memory like it was very long. My mom comes out, gets us, doesn't say anything about it. Like we never talked about this like my dad comes home from work we weren't like hey dad this crazy fucking thing happened today it's just like never talked about again and it seems weird to me that like at the very least this weird thing happened and it was just never discussed it doesn't seem like a reasonable reaction to what happened and um so my mother, uh, she passed away earlier this year of cancer, and toward the end of her life, she started kind of getting into more of the woo-woo side of things, and, you know, we started discussing more about the paranormal and things like this, um, and, you know, she said, I don't know if I didn't get, quote-unquote, zapped by these people, you know, the story about the men in black and whatnot, and I don't know how much stock to put in that, but I will say everyone's reaction to this was really weird and seems out of character for what actually happened. So that's kind of the long and short of it. You know, there's these ideas about, you know, the men in black being some otherworldly entity like John Keel type stuff. And I think there is some aspect of it that is something really strange and out there and otherworldly. But I think there is men in black that are just government agents. And, you know, the more I've got thinking about this situation, kind of the weirder it seems to me. Like, when we grew up, there was always, like, feelings of fear and heaviness at our home. And I didn't realize that 
till I moved away. Like you said, when you live in a house that has a certain smell, you don't recognize the smell. And, you know, it was always, if you had to go out to the car at night and get something, you ran as fast as you could and you ran back and you took a flashlight and nothing ever happened. I never saw anything. It was just always this feeling of fear and heaviness that, like I said, I didn't realize, oh, everywhere's not like this. It's that place. And like I said, this base that was right across the river from where we lived when I was a kid, there was constant like helicopter activity. And at night they would be doing all these maneuvers and shooting off flares. And it, it was just constant activity. And even uh, at one point when I was a kid, one of these military flares landed on our front yard. I mean, I've got pictures of me literally playing in this, you know, flare with this big parachute off of it when I was a kid. <laughs> but, you know, this is all you know. You don't think about how weird this stuff is at the time. And again, I wasn't, you know, nearly as far down this journey as I am now. But thinking back at some point, a lot of that helicopter activity and these maneuvers and these flares and shooting off these flares every night, it kind of stopped. I'm like, okay, well, what happened that they just all of a sudden stopped? And again, thinking back when I was a kid and all this was going on, my parents would just like nonchalantly be like, oh, uh, the Marines are out there shooting off flares tonight. They must be looking for something. And now I think back and I'm like, oh, what the hell were they looking for? You know, which I think kind of goes back to the men in black story. Like they were clearly either looking for something or trying to make sure you couldn't see something from where we were at is kind of how I perceive it. And, um, you know, just a little bit more background information about the area. Um, there's a national forest that backs right up to this base, and it's called the Croatan National Forest. It's one of four national forests in North Carolina. And this national forest, there's reports of a Sasquatch-type creature called the Croatan Man. And my dad used to take me mountain biking in this national forest when I was a kid, and that's the scaredest I've ever been my entire life. Like, Nothing particular ever happened. I never saw anything weird. It just always terrified me. And to this day, I don't have a rational explanation for why it did. And the funny thing about this being one of the four North Carolina National Forests, um, the other ones are uh, the Pisgah, which I don't know if you're familiar with the Brown Mountain Lights. Mm -mm. Um, so this mountain in this National Forest in the, uh, North Carolina is renowned for there being these orbs, anomalies, whatnot, that happen all the time in this forest. And um, I don't know if you've seen the documentary show Whatever Hellier. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. in the community have mixed feelings about that, but um, the mountain they go to when they like try to get abducted or whatnot, that's this mountain in this national forest. Um, one of the other national forests is the Uari, which all kinds of craziness happens. Um, you know, you can listen to all sorts of podcasts about strange, high strangeness activity, uh, Bigfoot type activity. And the last one is uh, the Nantatala, I think is how it's pronounced. And that's in the Smoky Mountains, which again, a lot of strange activity, a lot of Bigfoot activity, 
huge amount of missing persons activity in this national forest. So I think it's odd that, you know, I had all these strange experiences in this place that's right by this national forest and the four national forests in North Carolina. There's some crazy shit going on in all of them, which kind of gets back to my point earlier that we were discussing with I wonder if there's some kind of energy. I'm not going to come out and say, oh, there's a portal there. But I wonder if there's something about this place. And kind of an idea I've been kicking around for a while is, you know, I wonder if these state and national forests, their locations aren't chosen, you know, only for natural beauty. Is it because there's something there and that way the government can control it? People don't stumble upon it as much, what have you. And I also wonder if, you know, that ties into these military bases and institutions are these bases in these places because there's weird stuff happening there already. So um, I know I kind of went off the rails there, oh, but no. the more I've been digging into this possible situation in this area, just weird things have been compounding. And like I said, it sent me off on all these you know, rabbit holes. And I started, oh, well, this is kind of like this thing over here. And I've started, you know, just, I, I feel like, you know, the meme from uh, Always Sunny with Charlie Day, where he's <laughs> like got all the lines of string. I, I feel kind of like that. But like I said, the, the further I get down this rabbit hole, the more at least peculiar things I've kind of come upon. So uh, that's my men in black story with a lot of random thoughts thrown on to the end of it. So. Did you uh, ever kind of figure out like a reason of why they possibly could have been like scoping out your yard specifically? No. Uh, like I said, um, my mom sent us to the bedroom closet. She came back and got us. Nothing ever happened. But thinking back, like I said, the only thing I can think of is either something went missing and they were looking for it or they wanted to make sure we couldn't see something from where we were at. I mean, that's kind of where I land on it because it, my recollection of it is it didn't seem like they were antagonistic or adversarial or anything like that. What I witnessed was simply them walking around the yard kind of, you know, casing the joint almost. So, I mean, you almost, you always hear these different stories about different, beings in reports that are just weird things or they will try to like escape bases and you'll hear about like them having like a like a weapon that'll like melt people or something uh, i don't know if you've ever read into that specific story about the alien type being i don't remember exactly how they worded it but they didn't use the words like alien exactly but they're saying like a like a test subject like was like melting people as he went out the door so theoretically, if there have been different like aliens that have crash landed and they may have different technology that works and that doesn't work, um, when you have like experiences like that, like maybe there was something in your yard using some type of like cloaking device and they were trying mm -hmm. to like find it in your yard. Or the other option that I was thinking as you were telling the story is the whole sleight of hand concept that they got some shit going on over here. So they're making everybody look over here. And theoretically, yeah. even if they're doing something at the base, if they have them come to just some random house in the subdivision, do a perimeter walk. Everybody in the neighborhood is looking at that house and they're not paying attention to what's going on over there. Even more so than just shooting off random flares and shit. Like if you're like on the ground doing some shit like that, like two streets over are watching that house to see if there's something going on weird with that house. Well, and we kind of live back in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Like there was no other houses around us. It was basically 
water, our house, woods, and on the other side of the water was where the base was. So I mean, they're, either I, they're trying to distract you specifically, or there was something there that they were trying not to like fully alert you guys that they were looking for. Doing that, like, exactly. yeah, we didn't lose anything, but you didn't see anything weird, did you? <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember them speaking to anyone. I, my mom didn't say that they actually spoke to, or she didn't say what happened, but. I mean, it was pretty brazen. It wasn't like they were trying to hide or anything. So, yeah, either it was, you know, misinformation or they were seriously looking for something. I mean, your mom said that you made that reference saying that your mom thought she could have theoretically been zapped. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, what if she saw something and or even if it was like those agents, she saw them like chasing something and they had to come back and see, like, who was at the house first before they went and they, like, zapped your mom and got rid of that information. And maybe, like, she knew that something was going to happen because she saw something, and that's why she seemed so drastic to... Because t- typically, I feel like the average person, if you see, like, government officials, um, unless you're a conspiracy-minded individual, like, your first reaction is going to be, like, go hide, kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it, I just got that impression that... Even if she just saw something weird, like I almost felt like she like knew something, and then yeah, that like may the first, lead into why she didn't like make mm-hmm. direct reference to it right after it happened too. Maybe so. Like the first half of the story makes perfect sense, but then the second half makes no sense. And you know, my mom, prior to you know the end of her life, was very you know conservative Christian, and she if she did see something, she probably would not have wanted to acknowledge it or think that, Hey, there could be some weird shit going on, you know? So I I try to keep an open mind with this situation. I think, you know, I'm not going to try to put a tinfoil hat on and be like, Oh my God, there was a Sasquatch there or whatever, but something weird happened. And, you know, my mom said, yeah, that did happen. My sister says, I remember that happening and she couldn't have been more than like three years old at the time. It could have even been something as simple as going into like the Sasquatch things that you're talking about. Maybe if they like theoretically are tracking these things, maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. like a tracker tag on them, but maybe they keep an eye on them from the sky. And that's why they do the shit with the helicopters is maybe yeah. they shoot off flares to scare it to go this way. If it starts getting mm-hmm. too close to houses or something, uh, maybe it was watched getting close to your guys area. So they were kind of trying to like deter it from the ground because they didn't want to like drop flares on top of your guy's house. And maybe like the one time that it wasn't really close to your house is when they dropped the flare in your front yard, you know? Yeah. And, you know, kind of piggybacking off of all this. um, So after my parents' death, uh, my sister has kind of been staying at the property part of the time. And, you know, she still comments about, you know, these weird scary heavy feelings uh her boyfriend who is a skeptic to say the least like he even says it just feels weird there it feels off it feels dark it feels heavy and as my sister's been staying there weird things have been progressively happening more and more um so just a little bit of background you know my mom or my dad first died very suddenly. My mom died of cancer. Uh, Since all that happened, there's been a lot of family drama going on with the property and whatnot. So there's been a lot of negative energy poured into this place that was already weird to start off with. And my sister, uh, you know, she called the other night, probably a couple months ago, freaking out. She said she was laying in bed one night 
And she said it was just like a thought, but she said like almost beamed into her mind. Like it wasn't like a conscious thought. It was like, go look on top of the refrigerator. So she gets out of bed. She goes out to the refrigerator and on top of the refrigerator, she had some like, um, you know, like decorative, like chickens, you know, like people have in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. And she said, there were three of these decorative chickens that she had and the bodies had been ripped off of the legs and it was just the legs, the sets of legs for all three of these chickens and the bodies were nowhere to be found. And so she calls me freaking out. And I was like, you got some trickster shit going on. I said, you're going to find the bodies of these like in the mailbox or something in a week. And so I haven't heard that she ever found them, but just more and more stuff like that has been happening. Like she's got a relatively new car, but she would like go out every morning and the car battery would be dead. And you know, her boyfriend would have to jump the car. And then like the fourth time this happened, they popped the hood and like the bracket frame, whatnot that holds the battery was unhooked and the wires were unhooked from the battery. So the car's locked, you know, how did that happen? And, you know, that gets back to, you know, paranormal things, messing with cars and engines dying and whatnot. Was there any pieces missing of the car by chance? No, no. It was just the battery was disconnected. And, you know, you had to get into the car to pop the hood to do that. Just another so, idea. I was thinking paranormal with the whole messing with energy and possibly moving objects, but you could even go into possible extraterrestrial concepts with that shit too. That mm -hmm. if, say, there was something that's in the woods, it's been like hiding in the woods. Maybe it's like, I was, that's why I was asking if there was a piece missing. Maybe it was like collecting pieces to try to fix something that it's trying to do. Or even if it was just the car battery disconnected, maybe theoretically there was some type of like extraterrestrial or advanced being trying to like jumpstart a piece of technology that it had. And it just didn't reconnect the car battery after it was done yeah. using that charge or something. I don't know, just different ideas to entertain, but I don't know what, direc what direction exactly it is, especially considering there's the military base there. That's why, like, I kind of deter from the paranormal, but at the same time, it's very paranormal, you know? Well, you know, this thought just popped in my head as we were talking. Um, just to, like I said, give you a little bit of geography, there's the base, there's a river, there's our house, there's woods, and then there's a trailer park on the other side of that wooded area. And the trailer that's closest to our property uh, there's an older lady that lives there and her grandchildren stay with her from time to time. And she just like said in passing to my mom one time that uh, one of her grandsons asked her why there was a big man running through the woods carrying something on his shoulder. And so how deep you know, are those woods? Just a quick little side question. Um, there, I mean, it's not like a forest or anything, but I mean, it's, Wait. Like, is it deep enough that uh, you wouldn't be able to see the trailer park from your house? Oh, yeah. You can't see the trailer park from our house. That, that's um, what I was kind of wondering. If stuff would be mm -hmm. able to move around in there between the trailer park or if it was, like, too thin that nothing would really be able to, like, hide in there in between. But Like, you'd have to actually be in there to see something. Like, you're not going to see somebody working in their yard through the woods. It's It's heavily enough wooded that I don't think somebody, even a kid, would make that mistake. Has he made reference to there being a big guy running through the woods with something on his back multiple times, or was it just like one time? That was the only time I had heard it. And she said, you know, the, the older lady just, you know, made this comment in passing. 
And, you know, it was like months later when my mom told me this, I was like, holy shit, like, what did this kid actually see? I mean, just a couple ideas. Either the most logical one would be just a really big hunter with a backpack. The second one would be a possible, like, squatch carrying something on its back, which theoretically could be a deer, could be a baby squatch, uh, could be many different things. And then entertaining the third idea, because, we, shit, we've been talking about UFO-type ideas, could be some type of extraterrestrial race, again, collecting pieces for something like I referenced, and it was carrying something on its back, trying to run back to wherever it has something hidden that it's trying to fix. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I don't have really a theory about what I think these things are, what's actually going on, but it's just weird stuff. And it seems like the more I dig into this, the more it's compounding. And, you know, the longer my sister stays there, more weird stuff is happening. Like the most recent thing she told me is she had like a flower pot on the front porch with, you know, just a plant in it. And she came home one day, the flower pot was shattered but the plant was like removed and set beside like the plant was not harmed. It was fully intact with the roots and everything. It was like somebody had, or something had pulled the plant out of the flower pot, set it aside. And then the flower pot was shattered. So it obviously wasn't like something that like a dog ran through and knocked it over. That is almost like, I don't know, like a Sasquatch, like being like, you don't need this prison taking the plant out and just setting it next to it. And then just being like, fuck this prison for it. But <laughs> yeah, I almost so, like, uh, I don't know how close you are to that area, but I'm almost curious if it, like just spend like half a day, just like wandering around the trailer park, just talking to random people and see what other people report. And like, I'm curious if there's more ideas of missing objects. Uh, mm -hmm. There's more ideas of just weird phenomenon involving electronics or more phenomenon of people seeing things. But I don't know. I, I'm just more so curious more than anything about the whole idea of something possibly collecting pieces of something. Yeah. So it's a couple hours from where I live now. Uh, I hadn't been back in a while just with kind of all the family stuff we've had going on with the situation. But uh, me and my partner, Jenny, definitely want to go back and like take, you know, uh, ghost boxes and EMF readers and whatnot and just see what happens. You know, it just just for fun, if nothing else, at this point. So. Shit, I, if I was doing some adventure like that, I would definitely uh, include infrared, even if it's something cheap, okay. just for the sake of, uh, I don't know, that weird experience with your house. Like, mm -hmm. if they're looking around like that, it almost makes you wonder if it's stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to see. So maybe, like, you right. would need some type of different, like, wouldn't it be crazy you put on some, like, thermo headset and there's just, like, a bunch of, like, figure bodies, like, walking around, like, around your house just watching, like, ominously or some shit? Like, that's why Man. I've always had that dark feeling is because there's, like, watchers around this house. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, nothing would surprise me. <laughs> so. Man, that'd be, uh, I don't know, just crazy to think about. Um, I, That house, in general, have you looked into, like, the backstory of it? Like, how old of, like, a house is it? Like, was there any backstory of different people that lived in that house before you or them possibly having any weird encounters or uh so just a little bit of backstory on the property um it's actually it backs up to farmland that my grandfather owned forever and um so my parents like you know when they first got married put a trailer on this property back in whatever 1982 and at some point you know we moved a different modular home onto the property. So it's not like we live in some old abandoned, creepy haunted house. You know, I think it's, it's the land and it's whatever energies or 
whatnot is going on in that area. Is there like Native American opinion. legend in that lore or in that area that you know of? Um, I don't know all of the ins and outs of that, but like I said, the Croatan National Forest, that's named after Native Americans as far as I know. So, I mean, I think there is a lot of... I didn't know if there's anything specifically to like the land you're at. Like, I don't know if your family ever found arrowheads or just anything weird like that. Not that I know of, but, you know, I'm certainly not discounting the possibility. Because I don't know, just like, it seems like with a lot of these encounters like i don't know if it's directly linked to it but it seems that there's stuff going on with native american mm-hmm. in that area like i don't know even just like weird lights things like that i don't know maybe native americans settled in certain areas because of these certain things or maybe they had a connection with these certain things mm-hmm. or maybe they directly are the reason why these certain things happen is because maybe they had a way themselves of like thinning a veil and that's what like the whole like native american curse thing comes in is that maybe it's something as simple as they understood this concept of how to thin the veil in an area to make it inhabitable for future people, but they were able to hold it back while they were there because they had that ability. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, you know, a lot of people when it comes to paranormal and whatnot, they're all Indian burial grounds. I was like, well, maybe these native Americans chose these locations for these burial grounds and these mounds and whatnot because there was some kind of weird energy or something going on there. Maybe these things aren't happening because the burial ground is there. Maybe the burial ground is there because something weird was happening there beforehand. And like you said, these native Americans knew that. Yeah. Like they uh, almost knew how to uh, like, you hear about the whole idea with them, like coexisting with like nature. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're looking at it in the wrong way of like, we're thinking of it in like the physical world, but they are able to coexist with, different beings and entities and whatever energies that exist in certain areas. And maybe that's partly why they inhabited those areas is because like average people wouldn't be able to inhabit those areas because of weird shit happening. And they just get freaked out where native Americans had an understanding of it. So in turn they could live in areas where typically people wouldn't be living at because whether they're holding it back or they just have an understanding of it, you know, you know, somebody lives in an area and something gets thrown across a room and they're like, Oh no, paranormal demons get out of the house. Where like a Native American person's like, oh, that's just the ancestors. You know, we, we've talked yeah. to them. I can see them. You know, it's nothing scary. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think the Native Americans have been here a long time, a lot longer than we have, and they know a lot more than a lot of people give them credit for. There's just, uh, you know, when you hear about those things where like a uh, Native American will do something and like something crazy will happen, it's just another Native American guy on the other side of the veil. You know, it's almost like when you're telling campfire stories and you have that guy yeah. that stands in the back and goes, boo. It's just yeah, it somebody, does. instead of being in the woods, they're on the other side of the veil and they just will like walk across and everybody be like, oh, fuck a ghost. <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, homeboy's buddy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, I guess uh, before we start wrapping everything up, because I could definitely go for a while, but I want—I feel like this has been a, a good portion conversation where I want to be able to come back and have some new fresh ideas to come into. Um, yeah, absolutely. I always like to uh, leave with like words of wisdom and kind of leave it on a high note, but this has been a pretty high note episode, just kind of entertaining theories, and I've really enjoyed it. But either way, still got to do the man. usual. I got to end it with uh, words of wisdom from the guest to the listeners. Uh, so I don't know how much wisdom this is. I don't claim to be very wise, but... I guess what I'd say to anybody listening is don't just blindly accept what we've always been told about the paranormal or the world at large. You know, ask your own questions. Don't listen to what I say or you say or anyone else, you know, 
read something over here, listen to something over here, take a grain of salt from each of these things and then build your own framework, build your own ideas. And, you know, that, like I said, that's why I called it the Framework UFO Research Center. I want people to ask questions and build their own framework. I dig it, man. I like what you're all about and I like uh, your method of thinking, man. Well, thank you. It, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, of course, for everybody that's enjoyed the conversation, you got to let them know where they can come find you at. Okay, so uh, I'm on Instagram at the UFO or the Framework UFO, excuse me. So on Instagram at the Framework UFO. And uh, email address is theframeworkufo at gmail.com. Man, I'm really looking forward to uh, when you drop a podcast too. And uh, I'll have to go back into this episode, hopefully, and when you eventually do that, add a link to that so people can hopefully look that back up too. Because I know, I already can tell, dude, it's going to be some great work coming from you over there. Well, hey, when I get it rolling, you'll have to come on my podcast. How about that? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know it, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Appreciate it. Of course. If anybody is interested in being a guest on the show, uh, they want to sponsor the show. There's a topic that they would love to see discussed on the show or a guest that they would like to see on the show. Or if there's anything at all you feel you can contribute for, to the show, I definitely want to hear from you. So feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram. Like I said, that's primarily the main one that I'm active on. Or you can shoot me an email. And uh, you can email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. And uh, if you don't want to have to type out that address, uh, you can always go to the link tree. There's a submissions spot up at the top. Um, you can just send me an email through that and I will reply to you guys. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. So don't be afraid. Shoot me a message. Even if it's just a conversation, I want to hear from you. I appreciate all you guys. And with that, hope you enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.